Hey, this is TJ and I'm the lead pastor here at Revamp Church. Thanks for listening to our weekly sermon podcast. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you and helps you experience life change through Jesus. For more sermons like this, resources or opportunities to get connected, visit us at Revamp Church PTA on Facebook or Instagram. I greet all the saints in the mighty name of Jesus. I did not just use that word mighty in passing. I use that word with intention, knowing that he is indeed mighty. He is El Gibor, the one who is strong, the one that possesses great power and authority. Hallelujah. Him being mighty is not a matter of opinion, but a matter of fact. He is indeed an an, 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 an expansive God. Hallelujah. He is an expansive God. He is a God that possesses great power and authority over our lives. Hallelujah. Again, I want to take this opportunity and thank Pastor William Sitiro and Pastor Timothy Zacchaeus for blessing us with the the powerful word for the past two uh, weeks on this series we are busy with called following Jesus. I really appreciate you brothers for carrying for carrying this uh, this burden with me. I bless you and your households for allowing God to use you the way that he did. I, I, I was really blessed and I believe others were blessed as well in in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. So uh, as we tackling part 3 of, of, of the series today. Uh, the heart of the series is that as believers, we need a clear understanding. We really need a clear understanding. I love what Pastor William talked about uh, uh, on part one, understanding Jesus. You know, we need an, uh, an understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. And it's unfortunate that the lives of some who profess to follow Christ look no different from the lives of unbelievers and if you haven't heard you know part one and part two uh, part two is Timothy Zacchaeus where he talks about the two foundations you know I really encourage you to uh, peruse on those uh, uh, sermons uh, chapter one and and, uh, part one and part two and they will really really bless you and give you a foundation of what it really means to follow Jesus Uh, it is unfortunate like I said that the lives of some who profess to follow Christ look no different from the lives of unbelievers. So you find that some want a faith that comforts and satisfies, but not necessarily one that transforms and and calls for, for radical obedience. We, 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 we enjoy or we will only enjoy the kingdom of God by living for those things that pleases God and today I want to talk about some of those things and we get those things in uh, Matthew chapter 5 verse 1 to verse uh, 10 is it yes from verse 1 until verse 10 Matthew chapter 5 verse 1 until verse 10 Uh, bear with me uh, people of God uh, um, God has so much to say to us um, and I pray for for grace 
uh, to speak this word with confidence and conviction. Hallelujah. So from verse 1, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, it reads as follows. I'm reading from the NIV translation. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on uh, a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began, he began to teach them. He began to teach them. In verse 3, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I've heard this verse specifically, chapter, I mean, uh, verse 3, being preached out of context. And I pray that God helps me today uh, to uh, really do justice to this verse. Uh, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. They will be filled. They will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Ooh, hallelujah. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Lord, bless your word in the mighty name of Jesus. May your word challenge us. May your word transform us. Transform us. May your word live us not the same, O oh Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you that as I speak with power and conviction, that may this word challenge us to move from glory to glory. In your name I pray, amen. Hallelujah. So the context of this chapter, Matthew 5, is packed, people of God. It's really packed and we can talk the whole day about the setup of uh, about the setup. Of this chapter alone without even getting to the message of today and that's how packed Matthew 5 is but allow me to start with this that Jesus sits down and starts teaching a group of people and the disciples included with what is titled the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus begins teaching about the Beatitudes the beatitudes, which means um, uh, the the the, the, the uh, which means the blessings, but can also be understood as the attitudes a believer should be, or uh, the, the attitudes a a believer should display in their lives. These are the attributes or traits that we as believers need to desire we as believers need to desire a blessing a, a blessing is, is is god's favor extended to an individual beatitudes blessings a, a god's favor extended to an individual a god's favor extended to those that believe in in him it is 
It is, it is, it is such favor that Jesus extends and promises to the crowd and, and us who are listening today. The eight traits or characters mentioned here pro, uh, provides us with a picture of how God leads every believer as we experience new life in Christ. Hallelujah. So allow me this morning to title my message, Deconstructing Your Heart. Deconstructing Your Heart. Deconstructing Your Heart. That as we follow Jesus, our hearts need to be analyzed. We need to analyze. We need to review re, uh, review our, our hearts. We need to deconstruct um, uh, our hearts. There are three things I want to talk about under this subject, deconstructing your heart. And number one is um, for you to uh, 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 deconstruct your heart. Or the first step to deconstruct your heart is number one, to recognize or know your state. To recognize and know your state. To recognize and know your state. Listen to what the word of God says in Matthew 5. Uh, Matthew 5 verse 3. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was not talking about a physical location, but about a spiritual condition. Hallelujah. When he promised the kingdom of heaven to those who are poor in spirit, poverty in spirit is realizing that you cannot do anything to earn God's blessing. Poverty in the spirit. Remember, it says, blessed are those who are poor in heart. So poverty in spirit is realizing that you cannot do anything to earn God's blessing. That you are insufficient to earn God's favor. So the word of God says that all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. We all have sinned. There is nothing that we can do to earn God's favor. Hallelujah. There's nothing that we can do to purchase God's favor upon our lives. All have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Romans 3, 23 says... So allow me to bring this to your attention. The word of God teaches that we all have sinned and fall short. And again, it teaches that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Hold up. So we are sinful yet special. Let, let, let me explain. You are special to God. But God does not love you because you are special. He loves you by divine choice. And shows his love by sending Jesus Christ to die for you and me. And catch this. He sends Jesus Christ to die for you and me. Though you and I have sinned against his holy love. Listen to what Romans 5.8 says. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So you are special to God. But God does not love you because you are special. He loves you by divine choice. He loves you by divine choice. So you and I, we cannot do anything to make God love us less or more. There is no one who can stand and attest that they possess enough spiritual resources to purchase God's blessings. And there are two reasons for that. Number one, the price is too high. Power, honor, holiness, righteousness, uh, uh, glory, and purity surpasses financial compensation. It surpasses financial compensation. The price is too high. We cannot put ourselves in a position where we can say that I have enough uh, uh, possession or I have enough spiritual resources to purchase God's blessing. And, 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 and the second reason is God's favor is not for sale. God's favor is not for sale. God's favor is not for sale. Number two, the second step to deconstruct your heart is repenting of your sins. Number one, number one is what? Number one is, is um, um, knowing or recognizing your state. And the second step to deconstructing your heart is, is, is repenting of your sin or repenting of your sins. So we see this in the second trait. We see this in the second attribute. It says, blessed are those who mourn. So, where there is understanding, there is direction. Where there is understanding, there is direction. And let me explain. So, upon gaining understanding of your sinful condition, upon gaining understanding of your, of your, uh, of your sinful disposition, there must be a change of mind or direction. Upon gaining an understanding of your sinful state, there must be a change of direction. One must repent of sin. So, mourning in this context is not your casual sorrow for the consequences of your sin, but that deep uh, uh, grieve before God over a fallen state and saying, God, you know what? I'm a mess and I, 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 I'm realizing that, that, that I need you. I, I, I'm, I'm crying to you because I know that you are the only person. You are the only person who can take me out of this mighty clay. You can take me out of this deep mess that I'm in. You can take me out of this sinful state and sinful condition that I am in. So those who mourn over their sinful condition 
a promised comfort. It's not enough to know your sinful condition. You must demonstrate repentance. We need to demonstrate repentance. It's not enough to know your sinful condition. It's not enough to know where you are. It's not enough to know where you are regarding your sinful state. You must demonstrate a change of heart. To mourn over our sin is to express um, the appropriate uh, 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 sorrow that leads me to stop sinning. That leads you to stop sinning. The promise is God's comforting embrace. God says that when you, when you mourn, when you mourn over your sin and you express the appropriate sorrow that leads you to stop sinning, that I, God, has something for you. The, 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 the promise is my comforting embrace when we are congruent with expressing grief over our poor spirit God forgives us when we say Lord I know that I'm insufficient I'm insufficient Lord I am insufficient Lord to end your favor I know that I need you in every faculty of my life. I know that Lord I'm a mess. I know that Lord I'm nothing without you. And I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you Jesus. When we are congruent with expressing grief. Over our poor spirit. God forgives us this then cleans our hearts and 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 uh, uh, and restores our relationship with our father paul spoke about this in in second corinthians chapter 7 uh, chapter 7 verse 10 when he said godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret when we are genuine with our repentance it leads to salvation and leads and leaves no regret. God's comfort mends our mourning spirit. He, he, his desire is not to beat us down with guilt, but mourning over our sin allows us to, to encounter his amazing grace. And this morning I'm crying to him and I'm asking that, that Lord may may I encounter your amazing grace Lord in my sinful state Lord because sometimes people of God we aren't aware we 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 are not aware of of certain sins that we that we do we're not aware of certain sins that we do and we need to come daily to God and mourn over our sin and allow and, 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 and allow us to uh, and when we do that when we mourn over our sin this allows us to encounter his amazing grace when we come to him and cry out to him like David did and I'll mention in, 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 uh, on, the, on, on, on point three on point three we will experience his amazing grace 
Lord, we need your grace this morning. We need your grace this morning. We need your fresh anointing this morning. Hallelujah. Number three, the third step in deconstructing your heart is resembling the Savior. Resembling the Savior. We need to resemble the Savior in every faculty of our lives. He, he, wants, he wants to reveal himself in everything, in everything we do. He wants God wants to, 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 to reveal himself in everything you do. That is why we uh, we pray prayers like less of me and more of of you. When, when Christ said, "Follow me," he 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 referred to a reconstructed a life that was completely different from a life without Christ. He was referring to that individual who want to live a complete. Uh, who want to live a radical life for for Christ, a, a a life that is different from from an unbeliever. This change we are talking about is not an outward change. God transforms your heart. God wants to transform your soul. God wants to transform your mind. God wants to strengthen you from inside out. He wants to re. Uh, 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 he wants to transform you. He wants to transform us inside out. And starting with our hearts, with our soul, with our mind and strength. I want us to look at the remaining six traits or attributes in groups of three. I want us to look them at groups of three and I will close. Hallelujah. I want us to look them at groups of three and I will close. So we're reading from, from verse 5 to 10. From verse 5 to 10 where it says, A blessed are the meek and blessed are the hungry and blessed are the merciful hallelujah so we're gonna start with that group of three blessed are the meek blessed are the hungry and blessed are the mercifuls hallelujah so it is amazing to me that the rewards promised to those who apply this concept it is it is it is it is it is, it is, it is amazing it is, it is mind-boggling to me that the, the, the rewards promised to those who apply these concepts. So we live in a world where people thirst for personal pleasure. We, we live in a world where people pursue self, um, uh, what's this, self-adulation uh, and, and nest anger. So we often don't see forgiveness. We often don't see people trusting. We often don't see people submitting to each other simply because these attributes are not natural or a natural thing to do for us. It's not a natural thing to trust. It's not a natural tendency to forgive. It is not a natural tendency to submit. But what Christ teaches about these will inspire you to work on these attributes in your walk with, uh, with him. So Jesus teaches that, uh, 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 that blessed are the meek. What a paradoxical teaching, especially in this world that uh, that 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 um, that is embracing self-adulation. Think about it. I want us to think about this. Jesus says, "Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek. Happy are the meek. Favored are the meek. 
This is a paradoxical teaching, especially in the world that is encouraging self-adulation. We should not confuse meekness with, with weakness. Remember Jesus identified his personality as meek. Check Matthew eleven twenty nine. It says, Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Jesus wants us to resemble him. He wants us to resemble what he does. So do not confuse meekness with weakness. So meekness is allowing uh, 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 the almighty God to shape you or to shape your life as the master desires. Never see submission as losing. Never see uh, 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 meekness as losing. Jesus promised a great inheritance in this. Ask yourself why Paul will utter the words he said in 2 Corinthians 6.10. He says, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing. Listen to this. He says, having nothing and yet possessing everything. He understood the principle of meekness, the principle of staying humble. He understood that meekness is not weakness. Jesus again teaches about hunger and thirst. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. So they both communicate an ongoing desire that we as Christians, we need to have an ongoing desire to desire the things of God. We live in a world where a lot of Christians hunger for many things. They hunger for power. They hunger for authority. They hunger for success. They hunger for comfort. They hunger for happiness. But how many, how many hunger and thirst for righteousness? We should know that the quest to know God is never ending. Paul said in Philippians uh, Philippians 3 verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of, his, uh, of uh, his resurrection and the participation in his suffering. Becoming like him even in his death. Paul understood. He understood the concept or, or the ongoing desire or, or to, to hunger and thirst for righteousness to hunger and thirst for standing upright with God and seeking kingdom things hallelujah Jesus made a glorious promise to those who approach God with a hungry soul they will not be disappointed for they will be filled for they will be filled or fill us Holy Spirit Oh, fill us, Holy Spirit, this morning. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Oh, fill us, Holy Spirit, as we thirst and hunger for the things of God. As we thirst and hunger for standing upright with you. As we thirst and hunger for more of you in our lives. Hallelujah. Then Jesus speaks about being merciful. Being merciful. I need you to understand that God is speaking to you. 
Yes, he is speaking to you who has... Uh, 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 he's speaking to you who he is showing mercy. I believe that God has shown you mercy. This speaks to those who have already received mercy. He says, blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Those that have received mercy needs to show mercy. Those that receive forgiveness for their sins need to forgive those who sinned against them. To be like Christ, we must learn to forgive. When you have been mistreated or wronged, you have two options, people of God. You have two options. One, get mad of or, or give mercy. Get mad or give mercy. Because of Christ's forgiveness, you also possess the capacity to forgive others. And I want to repeat this. Because of Christ's forgiveness, because he has been merciful to you, you also possess the capacity to show mercy to others. Look, forgiveness frees you from pretending to be the judge of, of, uh, uh, to be the, judge of the living and the dead. Christ already occupied that Christ already occupies that role. Just set an example for he, he just set an example for us on the cross where he could have turned things and avenged himself, but he said, Lord, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Forgive them, Lord. And and we have the capacity to forgive because Christ has forgiven us. We have the capacity to love because Christ loved us first. Hallelujah. The final three from verse 8 until 9. It says, blessed are the pure, the, the, the pure. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the persecuted. Hallelujah. Now I want to end with these three. The group, uh, uh, the, the final three from verse 8 to 10. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the persecuted. Mm -hmm. What I love about the final three is that they each describe the ministry of Christ and um, uh, the, 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 the ministry of Christ and, 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 uh, and God promises a, a, a special blessedness for, for those who demonstrate Christ-likeness. You know, God in, this, in these um, uh, 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 final three attributes, he, he, he promises a special blessing for, for, for those who, who demonstrate or for those who display Christ-likeness in their lives. He says, blessed are the pure in heart. This reminds me, of the prayer of David in Psalms 5 verse 10 I mean uh, Psalms 51 verse 10 where he said uh, uh, when, when he asked God so he said God creating me a clean heart creating me a clean heart create in me a pure heart oh God and renew a steadfast spirit within me so that he would not be cast away from God's presence we need to understand that to the Hebrew mind 
the heart represented the core being. That is why Solomon could warn us in Proverbs 4 verse 23. He says, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Purity was used in, 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 in reference to approach the presence of God. Hallelujah. It was used to, to, to approach, as it was used as reference to, to approach the presence of God. We, Christ followers, are blessed because the blood of Jesus has purified our hearts and now we can approach our Father. And now we have access to the holies of holies. The pure in heart will see God. Through purity we gain access to God. I remember this pastor who said, Purity allows us to hear the inaudible and see the unseen. Purity allows you to hear the inaudible and, 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 and see the unseen. Hallelujah. May God give us pure heart. May we pray the prayer of, of, of David in Psalms 51 where, where we profess, where we'll proclaim that God purify our hearts. Renew a steadfast spirit within us. So he doesn't end there. Jesus doesn't end there. He says, blessed are the pure, uh, blessed are the pure, uh, the, the, uh, blessed are the pure in heart. And he says, blessed are the peacemakers blessed are the peacemakers to the peacemakers Jesus promised a prominent um, recognition as sons of God Ooh, Lord give us wisdom to understand this truth give us understanding to 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 uh, 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 wisdom to understand this truth Lord see we see throughout scripture that individuals described as someone's, uh, we see uh, through throughout scripture uh, uh, that individuals described as someone's son. An individual will be described as someone's son. In our civilization or in our culture, your last name provides identification. Mm, I want us to get this. Oh Lord, give us wisdom for this. In, in our culture, your last name provides identification. But in ancient Eastern culture, people were identified by sonship. So to be recognized as God's son is the highest honor a person can know. Mm. So to see the depth of what I'm talking about, remember the Pharisees attempted to kill Jesus when he claimed to be God's son. Read John 8. Read John 8 verse 48 to, 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 to 59. Peacemakers receive this special honor because they participate in the same mission as Christ by sharing the gospel with those who are lost. Peacemaking requires the pre-existing uh, pre pre, uh, condition of conflict which we see 
in this day and age. So the word of God says souls without Christ are at war with God. So Romans 5.10 describes the unsaved as enemies of God. So our responsibility is to point them to the Prince of Peace. We possess the ministry of reconciliation. Our church, Rhythm Church, we possess the ministry of reconciliation. When you are a child of God, you possess the ministry of reconciliation. Your responsibility is to point people to the Prince of Peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called sons of, of God. I wish I had time to unpack the last unlikely character. I wish I had time, Bazalwani, but we bless the Lord for, for his word. I wish I had time to unpack the last unlikely character, the persecuted followers of Christ. Jesus says they will receive a great reward in the kingdom. Ooh, I know many Christians don't want to hear this, but persecuted believers are rewarded in the kingdom. They are rewarded in the kingdom, not delivered from difficulties in this life. We often confuse blessing and reward. Divine reward comes later while we experience blessings on earth. Oh, I wish I had time to unpack this. When you read Revelation chapter 2 and 3, Jesus addresses the church in, in uh, 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 Smyrna and, 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 and Philadelphia. These churches were the only two out of seven that, did not, uh, that, that he did not rebuke. He, 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 he praised them for their tremendous faith during severe persecution. And he told them something that would have upset a lot of Christians today. He said, more suffering will come. He said to them, more suffering will come. But the punchline was, you will not be heard by the second death. Hold on and endure patiently. This promise to persecuted believers reminds us to live for eternity, to lay up treasures in heaven, and to look for joy in eternal truth and not in temporary things. I really pray that this word has blessed you and challenged you. When we learn who we are in Christ, it changes everything. I hope something was changed today. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for your word in season. We thank you, Father, that you are deconstructing our hearts so that we can be faithful followers of you, O Lord. Help us, Father, to recognize our state. Lord, there's people listening to this and they do not know who you are. They have not encountered you, O Father. And I pray that, Lord, as they open their hearts, May you dwell in their hearts and change their lives, O oh Father. Lord, help us to recognize. Help us to know our state. And as we know our state, as we come to an understanding of our state, O oh Father, help us to repent of our spiritual condition, O oh Father. Help us to recognize that you died so that we may have life and life in abundance, O oh Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. And this life that you have given us, O oh Father, it is there that we may resemble Christ in everything that we do. 
that we may be his hands, that we may be his feet, that we may be his eyes, that we may be his ears, O oh Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.